Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Today we've got a great overtime malicious compliance story. We'll get into that in a bit, but first... Why don't I put up a fence if I don't want your kid climbing in my trees? Done. Not myself, but my aunt has some new neighbors renting the house next to her. Owned property. These guys have a toddler and a slightly older child and dog that they love to leave outside unattended. Absolutely priceless when child services showed up and the two-year-old was alone in the front yard. The bigger kid had started coming into her yard and climbing one of her trees, and she asked them to keep their kid out of her yard and trees kindly as she doesn't want a lawsuit if the kid falls and breaks a leg on her property. Guy says, if it's such a big deal, why don't you just put up a fence? She cut down the tree the kid was climbing and a few others, and stacked all the limbs into a six-foot wall of natural fence. Guy was ticked. Asked her why she had to be such a bench about it. Sorry, thought we were taking your advice. Edit. To everyone really concerned about the trees, she was already planning to get rid of them due to rot and proximity to the house. The fence idea just came up after this guy decided to be a jerk about keeping his kid out of her yard. She was just going to have the wood hauled off until that conversation struck the fence idea. Obviously, they didn't very seriously mean it, but I mean, sometimes people in their frustration when they just say something end up actually saying the truth or a really good idea. I mean, yeah, a fence would be great to keep your kid out of my yard. Plus, I mean, you save yourself all the trouble getting rid of that tree. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, you want them now? Sure thing, boss. So, I used to work at a big international dark fiber provider in Europe. They wanted in on the telepresence market and bought the company I was working for. Anyway, I was a second-line tech and did some shipping of high-priority RMAs and documents. So I had access to the company's DHL Express account, but only the Express account. This is important for later. Well, they closed down the office because they wanted to move it to Bulgaria. I stayed on until the office closed for a small bonus, with helping the team in Bulgaria and cleaning up the office. One day, I get a request to send pictures of all cables we had in storage. It was a lot, mostly display cables and network cables. I took some pictures and sent them thinking they'll want me to get rid of them, but no, no. They needed them in the Bulgarian office. I go, okay, but can you do the booking since I only have access to DHL Express? Well, obviously this was out of the question and I should ship them immediately. Try to explain that it's super expensive to ship with Express, but he was having none of it. Just send me the cables. Okay, boss, you got it. 240 kilograms, 529 pounds of cables coming your way via DHL Express. Roughly $4,000 was the cost of this, but they did get the cables the next day. If there's one thing you don't need to spend $4,000 on, it's some cables. Surely, even in Bulgaria, they could source some good quality cables to do whatever they needed to do for a lot less than $4,000. But hey, they needed them now. This next story is, the birthday boy has spoken. We just showed up to a house to do a routine delivery and setup. 
knocked on the door, and a boy about six with an absolutely sour look on his face opens the door, looks at us and says, go away, mom is behind him coming down the stairs. I give her a quick wink and say, okay, we're leaving then, we'll take your bounce house to the birthday party down the street instead. Cue instant regret and mom apologizing for the bratty birthday boy. He was much more agreeable once the bounce house was deployed and reluctantly apologized. To be fair, I think this was just one of those kids doing a random kid spontaneous thing. I wouldn't even really necessarily put stock in this kid really being bratty. Just, you know, probably some dumb kid opening the door and being like, go away. At least that's what I would like to believe. Maybe the kid was just a total brat. At least they apologized, albeit reluctantly. Our next story is, I see your malicious. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Delicious compliance on me, so I will do one of my own on you. A while ago, I was in charge of training for a large organization. I mostly did the organizing. For a fictitious example, I might coordinate the Dean of Medicine at Yale to come in and give a speech to 200 employees. Our usual location was a large auditorium slash classroom, complete with podium and computer. The aforementioned Dean might show up with a PowerPoint that he needed to run, etc. So I had my two admin assistants show up at 7.45am each morning to make sure whatever the room was running for whatever speaker slash lecturer was there, as the usual start time was 8. Sometimes, as was bound to happen, computer issues arose. Not too often, maybe once or twice a month, tops. Maybe the dean couldn't pull up his PowerPoint, so we would call our IT guy Gary, who was two offices away, and he'd come and fix the problem. Everybody was happy, until Gary retired. His new replacement, Todd, didn't like the arrangement. Though his start time was 8 o'clock, he'd often drift in at 8.10 or 8.15, This is not good when we're having a computer crisis at 8.02. Further, he hated walking into the office and immediately having a call waiting for him. He wanted to have his coffee, read his email, and ease his way into the workday. Can't blame him there. So Todd decided he would no longer attend our computer calls. He told me to have my admin assistants troubleshoot the problems. Since they were there anyways, he was pretty hardcore about this until I pulled out the job description of my assistants, and nowhere did it say that computer repair fell under their workload. I then showed him his job description where it said that computer repair was. Enter malicious compliance on Todd's part. You want me to attend? Okay, then we do it by the books. No more calling me directly. You need to call the central helpline and have them open a user ticket. Then I'll attend. 
I pointed out the foolishness of this. It's 7.54. I have the Yale Dean of Medicine and he can't work his PowerPoint. I need it fixed now. I can't spend 15 minutes waiting on hold for the next available help desk agent, then 15 minutes explaining the problem to them, and then have them open a ticket and send it to Todd, then another 20 minutes before Todd opens and responds to the ticket. We can't have 200 people sitting for 45 minutes waiting on Todd. Too bad, he said with a smirk. Those are the rules. Or you could just have your admin ladies fix the problem. I tried one last-ditch effort to reason. When the CEO is going to give a speech and the computer shorts out, he doesn't have to wait 45 minutes. So, obviously, you can make exceptions. Common sense says this should be one, too. Nope, Todd said. The CEO staff do what's called a preemptive ticket. They submit it ahead of time and have me there on standby in case things do go wrong. So, yes, even he has to do the ticket process. Okay, Todd, I see your malicious compliance and raise you one of my own. The next morning, I sat with coffee in hand and waited, smiling in anticipation. Sure enough, my door burst open with a furious Todd. What the freak is this? He snarled, waving a printout. I had submitted preemptive tickets for every day for the next three months, requiring Todd to be at my training room at 7.45 every day just in case there was a computer emergency. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even better, I had contacted his boss's boss and received authorization to change Todd's work schedule due to operational requirements, so he would now be required to work 7 to 3 instead of 8 to 4. Or you could just pick up the dang phone when I call and come over. We agreed that the ticket process would not be necessary and he would show up as needed. I love when you play with somebody at their own game and they don't realize how it can so easily backfire. I mean, the second they were telling OP, yeah, well, he just does what's called a preemptive ticket. Was he not realizing that OP can very well do the exact thing that they're talking about? I mean, they were selling OP on their own demise. Our next story is bring spooky food. Years ago, my husband was a middle school teacher. He's still a teacher, just a different grade. A week before Halloween, my husband gets an email from the school secretary about the Halloween potluck. The email specifically states to bring spooky food. I love to cook. I also like to experiment with ways to make food fun and whimsical. My husband asks me to please make something savory and to please make it spooky. Spooky. You got it. Fast forward to lunchtime on Halloween. I walk into the teacher's lounge with a cookie sheet covered in foil. I take off the foil and ask if anyone would like a bat wing. They were actually whole barbecue chicken wings. However, I added in some black food coloring to the sauce. Barbecue sauce was my homemade recipe. Let's just say I got several grossed out faces and gags. My husband pointed out that we were told to bring spooky food. Apparently no one got the memo but him. Rest of the food was typical potluck food. Nothing spooky. 
Finally, 15 minutes later, a teacher decided she was going to have a bad wing. She did have to take a few deep breaths and the sight of the wing grossed her out. She finally decided if she closed her eyes, she might be able to eat it. After one bite, she told everyone how delicious the wings were. Rest of lunchtime, no one touched the wings. We assumed we'd be taking them home. Fast forward to the next day, my husband heads over to the teacher's lounge to grab some leftovers for lunch. There's plenty of food, but the wings are gone. Six weeks later at the Christmas potluck, we find out what happened. Apparently a campus aide was putting the food away when she got some sauce on her finger and licked it off. Realizing how delicious it was, she decided to sit down and help herself to a nice serving of wings. She then bragged about the wings to several other staff members and they decided to have a nice snack of wings. Next time one asks for spooky food, don't be surprised when someone brings a delicious dish that grosses you out. I'm imagining this was a situation where they were probably like, bring some spooky food, just to be like quirky, just to add the word in, but they probably didn't actually mean spooky themed foods. You know, it's like if you were having like a summertime celebration potluck or something, you would just say like, bring your bright and shining dishes. But hey, I love that they actually went so hard on the actual memo. Our next story is Overtime on Overtime. Happened a few weeks ago. In a company of 3,000 employees, only 2-3% are paid by the hour. So most of the time, HR forgets about us when they implement new systems. Normally, overtime must be approved in advance by the superior. There was a paid national holiday, but because of the nature of my specific work, I had to come in anyway. It was approved and all was normal until I checked my pay slip. Normal week is 40 hours, thus paid holiday is 8 hours. Overtime is 1.5 times normal hours. We do our timesheet day by day, so I put Monday, 8 hours holiday plus 8 hours worked overtime. Rest of the week same, 8 hours each. On my pay slip, they paid 40 hours regular and the 8 hours holiday, so I was missing the overtime part. I sent an email to HR to see what's up and the reply was that since it's a holiday, I couldn't possibly be working, so the system doesn't allow for overtime on said days. At that point I went to see my boss and explain the situation. Why can't I put hours worked on holiday if I must work and why, if I couldn't be working, did they still pay me my regular hours? Makes no sense and we have 10 paid holidays per year so it's a recurrent issue. I also presented the point in our national legislation that said I was right. Holiday must be included in the initial 40 hours, so anything extra is overtime. We just came out of a year and a half battle with HR because they didn't take overtime and calculation for our vacations. My boss didn't want to start again so soon, so he asked how many hours we were talking. 8 hours, but only the overtime part, so 4 actual hours. He told me to just put these hours this week, and for next times to put 16 hours on a workday, and no time worked on holiday to not break the system. So I did just that. Normally I would have to take part of Friday off to not do overtime, but he told me to put it this week so it was like approval to me. So I did 40 hours and put those 4 hours in overtime. The following week, he asked me about it with a smile, telling me I see what you did there. Not much, but I did get a few extra bucks out of it. So... I don't think this is legal. I don't know if this is taking place in the US. I mean, OP was referencing looking up their national legislation and all. But even still, I'm doubtful that what they're doing here is exactly a legal process. But I mean, if it's working out for OP, I suppose. I just hope it doesn't come back to bite them. This next story is, I don't want to see these anymore. Me? No problem. 
I previously worked at a place where I was hourly but should have been salary. They later made me salary and had to work odd hours at times due to the demands of the job. Despite the extra time that I worked, I was still expected to be clocked in at 8 and to leave no earlier than 5, all while making sure I got as little overtime as possible because they didn't want to pay overtime. They also expected me to take lunch at a predetermined time, even though it conflicted with the nature of the work I did. Every time I clocked in late, clocked out early, or clocked out for lunch at the wrong time, this was the bulk of the issue, a report was generated from HR and sent to my supervisor. Despite my making the case that it was basically impossible to adhere to these requirements, my supervisor point-blank told me, I don't want to see these anymore, in reference to the report they were waving around in the air about my comings and goings on the time clock. So I said, okay, I'll make sure you don't have to see them anymore. I then walked down to HR and informed them that my supervisor was tired of seeing these reports and no longer wanted to see them. I told them verbatim what I was told, and they accepted it without question, as I said it came straight from my supervisor. To be fair, they were tired of sending the reports and knew the situation was not tenable. After that, things were great. My supervisor was happy and had always been happy with my work. Many months down the road, I spoke with one of my salaried co-workers about it when they remarked that our supervisor hadn't been griping about the reports in a while. So I told them what had transpired. They remarked, I don't think that's what they meant when they said that. Ultimately, I don't know how they actually meant it. All I know is that I fixed the issue by doing exactly what they said, and everyone was happy after that. I feel like this is the quintessential malicious compliance story. I feel like if you're coming here for a malicious compliance story, and you hear one like this, you leave happy having gotten exactly what you were looking for. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.